Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Mr. Hicks Podcast. We are here getting it in once again, time and time again. This is our first attempted simulcast. So I am recording for our new YouTube channel, and I am also recording for the audio. And we're going to try to go live, doing, doing uh, not live, but we're doing like, so we got Spotify. We got, uh, we got going on Apple, and we're now we're going to be going on YouTube. So letting y'all know right now, this is my first time doing this. This might suck. And one of the things that I'm really learning right now in my older life is that you need to just go ahead and do it. Go ahead and start. Embrace the suck. And if it sucks, so does like 80% of everything. So it is what it is. I am trying to grow the show, grow this brand, get on a new platform and really get it going. So I bought the stuff for another venture that I'm going to be doing in a little bit. And I decided that, you know what, let's start this and go like, yo, with the bombshell that dropped today, this is a perfect opportunity to start with the YouTube channel. So if you're those of you who don't know, the bomb that dropped today was that USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten. So you might ask yourself, Tom, Mr. Hicks, isn't the Pac-12 on the West Coast and the Big Ten on the, like, the Midwest and it's now kind of on the East Coast? And the answer to that is... Yes, yes, inquisitive person. This is going to be the first truly national conference because you got a team all the way in the LA footprint, that market, and you're going to have a team like Rutgers, who is in the New York, New Jersey market. You got Illinois and Northwestern that are there in that Chicago market, and now you have Maryland and uh, Maryland, who's in that Baltimore, D.C. market. So in just those four, four markets by itself, probably more eyeballs watching Big Ten football than there is in all of the SEC. You don't realize that people don't realize in the South, don't realize how big cities are up north until they come out here and see that. Now, one of the things that we also don't recognize up north is how big college football is down south, the passion for it. So the people's commitment for it is much different. So I believe it kind of evens out like that. But this is going to be very, very interesting. And um, let's start with this. Pac-12, this is this is really on you. This is really on you. You really didn't put your money where your mouth was. You did not put the emphasis where it belonged, like the SEC and the Big Ten. They put the en- emphasis on the revenue-generating sports. And for those of you who don't know, the Pac-12 really prides itself on the non-revenue sports, things like gymnastics and track, and softball, and they're very good at those things. They produce a lot of Olympic sports, uh, uh, gold medals, national champions in that era. They don't make any money. Those sports don't make any money. And uh, that's not to say that those people aren't important. People who do those sports, the people that coach those sports, it does not mean that they're not important because they don't make money. But does make sense to realize that they don't make money. And if you are focused on things that don't make money, when somebody has an opportunity to go somewhere and make more money, like say uh, USC and UCLA have an opportunity to go to the Big Ten and make about $50 million a year off the TV contract alone, that leaves you in kind of a bind. Yeah, there's no reason for them to stay with you. There just isn't. You know, they, I, they've tried. They expanded from the Pac-10 to the Pac-12 um, a few years ago. 
okay, you're going to notice somebody looking down and, and my eyes going all over the place because I do have to get some kind of notes to stay on track. Otherwise, I will wander literally all over the place. Um, another thing they didn't do is that they just didn't invest. The Pac-12 schools did not put the money into facilities the way that other conferences have. Now, mind you, Oregon is a, a whole other entity by itself. Oregon might still have the best facilities in the country, and they built their facility like 15 years ago. They they feel they got Phil Knight up there. Phil Knight's out there making it happen, trying to basically it's a it's his tax shelter. Like you know, I have so much money, I have to give it away somewhere, and I've chosen to make Oregon my thing that I do. I have a passion for, and I got to get rid of this money some kind of way. So if you don't know, look it up. Their facilities for literally everything are bananas for literally everything. So. With the exception of USC and Oregon, um, I mean, some of the schools, like you'll see the Arizona State, they're, they're followers, but they do follow a little bit. They they don't have the investment. They don't have the investment in the facilities. They don't have the investment in the coaching. They make really bad coaching decisions. I, I, I challenge you to name six head coaches in the Pac-12 right now. Six. I mean, like I can give you USC. I can give you Utah. I can give you UCLA. Um, and I can give you Oregon. Outside of that, you know, I can think of the you know, the old the uh, old NFL coach and old NFL uh, that uh, used to coach uh, in the used to play and coach in the NFL. That's in Arizona State, whose name I cannot seem to recall at the moment. So I'm going to move on from that. So there's just nothing exciting. There's very little interesting. Uh, and the other thing is they're not keeping the recruits. They're not keeping recruits. It's great high school football in Arizona and California. Now, some of the other states, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, everybody's very prideful of this football in their state. But Arizona put out Spencer Robinson, B. John Robinson, Jack Miller in the last couple of years. Uh, California has put, apparently, California is where you go to get quarterbacks. It kind of has always been that way. But the thing is, they used to stay on the West Coast. Now, SEC teams and Big Ten teams have gone, you know what? That's like the fridge out back when you want got the goodies back there. But when you want a California, you want a quarterback, you need to go to California. Right? Case in point, at um Ohio State, CJ Stroud from California. DJ Uyunglele, who is not playing great right now, not even playing good, but he was a five-star quarterback, and he is also from California. And uh Bryce Young from modern day who was literally a stone's throw away from USC. And that was literally like a pipeline from modern day, right to USC from California. Uh, uh, I want to say like JT Daniels from California, who's going to be starting at West Virginia for some reason. Keaton Slovis, who's going to be starting for Pitt is from California. And then, you know, Lincoln Riley goes there and he's great at getting, getting, quarterbacks you know drafted in the first round or a lot of them even the first pick in the draft and winning Heismans and you know now he moves to a place where he can throw a stick from his property or his office and hit a five-star quarterback USC is going to kill it USC is going to kill it no matter where they are once the USC is one of those programs one of those brands where all you got to do is get the right guy and give him what he needs and that brand will sell itself People are desperate for that program to come back. People want that program to come back, but USC hasn't made the investment. They wouldn't go, they wouldn't pay what they needed to do 
paid needed to to get a coach that could come in there. I mean, the rumor was that they wanted that, that, that Urban Meyer wanted the job, but they wouldn't give him what he wanted. USC is a big type job, dude. If it's a big type job, you got to get a big type dude to come in there and run it. And you weren't willing to do that. Well, now they were, and then some they actually put the money into it. All right, the USC brand. The, the USC brand is one of the biggest brands in college football. USC is is USC is USC. It's Notre Dame. It's Alabama. It's Michigan. It's one of those few places where you get the right person in there, it turns around like that. And now the uh, Pac-12 is not going to have any brand like that. Like UCLA, they used to do the thing, and they used to do the thing in basketball too. So you know, it, we're not just talking about football. All the revenue sports have really been neglected by the Pac-12. Also, the other thing is like the Pac-12 TV deal is awful. It's Awful. It's awful. They, I don't know what they're getting, but it's not a whole lot. Literally, I believe they're getting less than the ACC is getting. It's like SEC. Actually, it was Big 12. It was, uh, I think Big 10 was the most for a little while. And now the SEC, the SEC teams are about to get $56 million per team a year. Yeah. That's a lot of scratch, yo. That's a lot of money for doing anything. Uh, and then uh, ACC, then it's ACC. And then it's Pac-12. And, um, yeah, for all the money and everything that people are putting into those programs or not putting into those programs for all that money, it was just such a bad TV deal. And um, people who have been running their conferences a lot better are profiting and putting that money into their facilities and their coaching and their staffs, making their staffs bigger, uh, getting the private planes and all the goodies. And and, and the Pac-12 can't keep up. They can't. I mean, to me, it's like, there used to be movement, okay? There used to be movement uh, of uh, teams from one conference to another. And for a lot of people, they're looking at this going, oh, no, this is the end of things as the way they are. That's only because things have been relatively stable for the last 10 years. There has been, I mean, there used to be a SWAC that was basically all the Texas teams and I want to say Arkansas. And uh that broke up, and that was the beginnings of the Big Twelve. There used to be a, a, a there used to be Big East football, and that broke up. And some of those teams went to the ACC, and some of those teams went to uh, the Conference USA, and some of those teams went to what is now the AAC. So it happens; things break up, and, and they reform, and they start new conferences. It's not the thing that's wild about it is it's the big boys that are moving. It's not. Like we're breaking up and starting anew or something like that. It's the big plan, the big brands now that are leaving and they're going to greener pastures and they're going where I want to be where other people care about football as much as we do. And I want to go somewhere where other people are committed to football and the success of our their programs as we are. Uh, it, it reminds me very much of like if you were when you were in high school and you had a group project of like five people and one person basically did all the work. And held it up and and uh, let everybody else put their name on it. That's basically what what the Pac-12 was with USC. Like USC was the that was the tent pole they were holding up the program. And again, Oregon tries, but Oregon has no history. And college football, it's I don't want to say it's everything, but it's almost everything. When you don't have that pageantry and that thing like that, it's very hard to get started and to get the kind of thing going in college football when you don't have the kind of resources and the kind of um, alumni and administration support that the big boys who've got that that support have so <clears throat> so what is the big 10 getting so it's like the big 10 is getting 
uh, two major brands. I'm not really big on UCLA. I think UCLA should be better. Uh, I don't know if they have the acumen or if they have the want to to really be better. When they hired Chip Kelly, that was a, there was a feeling that there was something was going to happen there. But the one thing Chip Kelly is not is Chip Kelly is not a great recruiter. Uh, he is a, a a mastermind of offense, and he has proven that time and time again. Even when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, I mean, at least it started good. He was a great. He was he was good on the field. He was just a really bad general manager, and really didn't take into consideration how to treat grown men and coach grown men instead of coaching kids. So that really had a lot of potential and hasn't become much, but. Um, when you're getting these two programs, you're getting a brand uh, in USC and UCLA. You're getting a footprint into California for recruiting to go out there and play those games. And that means that they're going to be seen more often by uh, those kids that are playing in Southern California and in uh, uh, maybe even the Bay Area. So that are going to be the first call. Cali recruiting. There you go. Yeah, I can't read my own handwriting. This is one of the reasons why uh, when I do the show, I actually type it out. And that's why, because I'm like, when I go to read my own handwriting, I'm like, holy crap. Um, personally, it surprises me that you get the big boys going to leave these conferences. I believe there really should be relegation in college football. I think college football needs it more than any other sport because there should be an opportunity a ready-made opportunity for programs who do well and make the investment and, 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 and do more with less is what they're basically doing, should have an opportunity to move up into the play with the big boys. And the teams that are constantly at the bottom of a Power 5 conference should get kicked out. You should get kicked out. You don't deserve to stay there, Arizona. You don't deserve to stay there, Washington state you don't deserve to stay there oregon state you don't deserve it you're awful i don't know who your coaches are i can't name a single one of your players you can't keep your kids home in your states one of the biggest problems i'm finding in college football is like why the rich keep getting richer is because some places invest in their resources and in their recruitment and not only are they keeping their kids home they're going into your state and reaching into your pocket and taking the kids out of your state too. Why? Because you haven't made the investment, Arizona and Arizona Stokes. So you can't keep a B. John Robinson home. You can't keep a Jack Miller home. Like Washington, when you get a guy, and Washington gets dudes. Washington had the number one receiver in the country, Emeka Ebuka, a couple years ago. Where is he at? He's at Ohio State. Because that's what you do when you're a great receiver in the country. You, you go to Ohio State. So you almost can't blame them for that. But the states can't keep their kids home. And so what's happened is, is not only is Alabama getting the best kids out of the state of Alabama, they're getting the best kids out of Florida and Texas and California. Ohio State is reaching into Georgia. They're reaching into Texas. Ohio State, one time, I think um, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are both from Texas. Like for like for, for a couple of years, no, no, I think it's uh, Chris Olave and... Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba are both from Texas. So they were, for one time, they were literally going into Texas, taking the number one receiver out of Texas every year. It was really wild. <laughs> really wild that they're able to do that. And um, and you got so many major programs in Texas, and the kids were like, nah, 
Hell all. None, none of you are really going to be able to make me better and make give me an opportunity to play in the NFL and get drafted in the first round. None of you. None of this, none of the six or seven D1 programs can keep those kids home. Now, mind you, that might be getting a lot better with Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning and all that going into Texas and NIL and, you know, Texas A&M just throwing, like throwing bags, just getting kids with bags. So, you know, maybe that will get better. But, um, you know, for people that are, are, are like, oh, it's, we're going to a pro model, um, they're, they're losing the nostalgia and the, the pageantry of COVID. You know what? If the NCAA had gotten off its candy ass and done its job, this wouldn't have been a problem. They fought things like NIL and they fought things like money and stuff like that all the time. And the fact that they fought it instead of dealing with it and regulating it is one of the reasons why college football is changing so rapidly because it's crumbling. Had you dealt with it, you would have been able to transition into something. There would have been rules, there would have been guidelines that could have been followed. You wouldn't have all this moving around. You wouldn't have all these players moving around. You wouldn't have all these uh, 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 teams moving around, schools moving around, conferences, because then you let the conferences handle everything. And some of the conferences are bad, some of the conferences are good. And then what are they doing? They're cannibalizing other conferences because why shouldn't they? Because the NCAA is not doing what's doing their job. I really wonder sometimes why do colleges put up with the NCAA at all? At all. I mean, think about college football. Who runs the national championship? It's not college football. Who runs the bowl system? Not, not the not college football. Not the NCAA. NCAA does not run the national championship. They do not crown a national champion. So, you know, the bowls. Does the NCAA run the bowls? Nope. Uh, do they decide who wins the conference championships? Nope. Do they decide who does the schedules and make sure the schedules are even? Nope. Don't do that either. Uh, how about the, the what you call it? The uh, sponsorships and uh, such, such, such and such. Nope. What are the rules for NIL? Who knows? We don't want to get sued. So we're just going to throw it down on the table and let you guys figure it out. And then we're going to try to hold you accountable and say that, you know, oh, no, you went too far. And tell people they went too far when you didn't give them any rules. All these things are happening because of the lack of institutional control, as they like to call it, of the NCAA. And had the NCAA, like, you know, stepped in and regulated some of these problems, there wouldn't be so many problems. So now what do we got? We got we're going to have, you know, the California team and a Midwest conference and cats and dogs living together, and no one's going to be able to figure any of this stuff out. Uh, eventually, it will all shake out. It's going to be interesting and giving you a lot of business for me, to say the least. So... Uh, that's my time. I hope you enjoyed the uh, first simulcast and the first video that's going to be up on uh, YouTube uh, real soon. And we're going to be trying to be doing these two or three times a week. And uh, thank you for uh, tuning into the Mr. Hicks podcast. I'm out.